0: Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Hey,
1: everyone, and welcome back to Beyond Damascus. We have a new look. It's a new season, and we're excited to be with you. My name is Brad Piron, and I'm with my friends and brothers in Christ, Dan Dimitri and Aaron Richards oh, and uh, boy man it's been a little while this is uh for those of you who have listened to us before this is season 2 we're launching into uh something new if you tuned in before it's going to look a lot different so we're actually instead of having a free flowing conversation about a topic that we choose we're actually going to answer uh a single question that's presented by our subscribers. And we're going to uh, really just try to dive into different thoughts that each of us have on that question, hopefully leading us to encounter the truths of that uh, answer in new ways and leading us and ultimately launching us into mission because uh, we don't just want to talk. We want to do. We want to be. Yeah, I think
2: it's cool because it can be questions that like I have myself and I, I like submit a question that I have, but what were they gonna be questions we get from people? And we're just like, I don't know how to evangelize to the person when they have this mindset. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah. So the the, the show really, it's it's gonna be pretty uh, short and sweet every week because we wanna be able to, to get people out in, into the day-to-day life that they're living. And we want them to take truth with them while they do that. So we're gonna answer the question. Uh, and each of us have uh, two pennies with us because you've heard the uh, phrase before, that's my two cents. Each of us, We'll have two cents to share on each of the questions. And then from there, there'll be a little bit of dialogue and we'll move into a segment that we're calling mission momentum, because again, we want to talk about things that are true. We want to answer the questions the best that we can, but then from there, we want to help people uh, maybe take practical steps into mission in their lives. So uh, another fun thing is we're going to throw questions over to our Producer who's in the studio with us, Jack. Jack, how's it going? Hey guys, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, good man. Well, uh, Jack will actually be presenting our question every week and then uh we'll restate it, think about it a little bit, and then the first of us to throw two cents into the jar will be the first to approach. It. Wow, so, the
2: first question ever this, on Beyond <laughs> Damascus. This ever. is gonna be a legendary. This will be in uh yeah. Aaron's like Saint archive once he's dead. Yeah, so someone just, so, someone just bought, like a
1: holographic uh Oh man, I'm so bad at this a charizard? Holographic charizard card and this is what i'm thinking about is like the first one that came out It's not even like the coolest. It's very plain I But don't... this is the first question we've ever asked. Okay, so like something about that. Do you jack, think it's
2: holographic? What is a question that you are going to give us today? Yeah jack this P- week's pokemon question. theme
1: So well, okay,
2: aaron. Okay,
1: uh, <laughs> the first question brad. Yeah is i'm happy as is Why do I need to give my life to Jesus? Okay. I am happy as is. Why do I need to give my life to Jesus? What do we think about that? All right.
2: I'm the first one.
1: I almost called him Aaron. I was so excited. (laughs) I
2: threw in my two cents. So the question is, I am happy as is. Yeah. Why do I need to give my life to Jesus? Uh, I think this is a question that, um, people probably get a lot, right? Like it's like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm happy. And so I don't need Jesus. And, um, I think of a story. I had a college professor, a theology professor, uh, when I was in college and he um he told this story when he was a college student. He was at a bar one night and some guy was like bragging about his sexual conquest at the bar. And, you know, he's just sitting there and he's listening to this guy as he brags. He's like, Oh, I'm so happy. This is happening, this is happening. He's like just bragging about like this life of hedonism he's living. And um and and so he the college professor who was telling the story, he he just breaks into this guy who's bragging. He's like, listen, I don't know who you are, what you stand for, but I've been in the depths of your heart. You are empty and miserable and you need a relationship with Jesus. And this guy in the middle of a bar just like starts to weep, and he's like, "Yeah, you're you're right." And like, oh. and, and it was like in that moment, for whatever reason, Doctor Cowhall's the the professor's I just, name. I was wondering who. Yeah, I was. yeah, yeah, yeah. He he spoke a prophetic word that just broke the this wall down in this guy's heart, huh. yeah. and, and the Spirit of God. Right, it says Scripture says that the Holy Spirit convicts the heart of sin and righteousness, and just mm-hmm. that word of you may act like you're happy, but in the depths of your heart, you're empty. Mm-hmm. It it broke into him and uh, he ended up like repenting and and like giving his life. Like he wanted to give his life to Jesus. He wanted to know more. And I think Hmm. there's something powerful about that. And so, you know, yes, people will say like, Hey, I'm happy as is. Um, I I don't need Jesus. And I would say maybe as is right. And if you're happy as is, you're happy because maybe you're living an unexamined life and as is right now, it's just a life of hedonism and consumerism and so maybe the things in your life and it doesn't mean you're a he, like you're a horrible human being, but consumerism and hedonism is a false happiness. it's a lie it's a, it's that it presents this idea of happiness as is right but it's just hedonism and, and and there's a difference between earthly happiness and heavenly happiness. Jesus talks about that right there's he talks about happy are the poor. Happy are those who mourn. There's beatitude. And so hmm. Hmm. you may be happy as is, but are you beatitude as is? And yeah. because beatitude is I'm happy even when I do more. I'm happy when I'm suffering. I'm happy when I'm uh, I'm poor. And so I have no material wealth. I have no like pleasure. I have no fame. I'm happy, be blessed as a man, happy as the man who is persecuted or insulted or injured. Can you be happy in all those things? I think. That the happiness that the gospel offers is heavenly happiness now, right? That I can have heavenly happiness today. And in the depths of my heart, have I examined myself to say, okay, yeah, my life is good, but am I happy? Is it is it beatitude? Is it this heavenly reality of happiness? That's my two think? I, <laughs>
1: I love that. Um <laughs> well, can I do that every time? i hope so so. we'll check we'll check with jack after the show i'll make a great Um, tip talk man that's like (laughs) i i just i think that's so crazy like also the fact that those type of interactions can happen yeah like you can do what dr cowhall did you know like you can actually make an impact like um man yeah i i think i like what you were saying about um kind of like consumerism just getting stuff doesn't uh doesn't allow us sometimes to examine the deeper things. It like buffers us from reality. You know, like I have all this stuff in front of me and it distracts me from actually examining me. Mm -hmm. I just examine the things around me and I go, well, I have a decent amount of that stuff. So I'm good. And, uh, I thought that was interesting. It kind of buffers like hedonism. You're, you're just, Mm -hmm. you're actually distracting.
0: Yeah. I love that. Uh, the the critical assessment of that word as is,
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: you know, it, it is, it's certainly, um, I guess a fundamental of Christianity that like we're not supposed to stay where we're at, but this is a reality for the world. Like if mm-hmm. I keep my bank account at a balance of a hundred dollars, I am actively getting poorer every day. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think the same can be said just in in your life. Like if if I'm if I'm living a lifestyle right now in, in virtue and joy mm-hmm. and engagement and physical activity and and all of these things and peace and comfort, and I'm I'm happy to stay where I'm at, I'm I'm fighting a losing battle. Yeah. <laughs> Cause your health is
2: all, it's going, it's on decline, yep. no matter mm-hmm, what. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I, I had the stark reality the other day that I'm, I'm past middle life. I realized I'm 39. <laughs> I was like, what's the, um, how long do you intend to live? What is, well, the, the, <laughs> the average life expectancy for uh, a man is like, I think it was like 76. Is so I'm that like, right? Oh dang, I've, I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm on the, I'm on the hill down. So if I'm just happy as is, well, I'm on the downward path already. And yeah, I what thought
1: happens? I was
0: still going yeah, up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, That's actually a decent reflection question. If we're talking. Exam- is like, um, if you're looking at your life and you're saying you're happy, would you still be happy absent the things in it? Right. Like if you, if like, if those things fall away, I know that's like the book of Job, right? Like I like the whole story, but like what, yeah, what's it rooted in? Uh-huh. I think, um, I, I have, I have a thought off that I'm going to use my two cents and drop Ooh, it into our mission yeah. garden tea can, which I think is actually really legit. Um, I wonder how that tea tastes. Um, not good anymore. It oh yeah. Like I it's about forgot years what old. I was going to say. No, I didn't. Uh, so I think Beatitude. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about um, just like how we define happiness. So if that person says I am happy as mm. is, what are they meaning when they say happy? Right? Um, Thomas Aquinas he he starts famously with that question: What is Beatitudo, Which is what is happiness? And um, and it's funny because I think that oftentimes in our day to day lives, or 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 even like uh, in conversation with people in the secular world, whenever we hear them say they're happy, what they're saying is I'm pleased, right? Like I, I'm pleased with. Um, the things in my life, they're going in a way that's favorable for me. Um, they are, they are having the outcome I desired them to have. Like when we're saying happy, we're meaning pleased. And, and the reality is that like, not all of life is pleasing. Like we're going to have trials and tribulations that come our way. And if, if what someone is saying is I am happy as is again, to Dan's point of as is, um, if you take as is, and you take the definition of happiness, it's like, yeah, but what happens if you're defining happiness the wrong way? So that when it's something else, it's no longer as is. You know, and so I think, um, it's important how we define happiness. Is happiness that which is immediately pleasing to me, or is happiness true groundedness? Yeah, happiness is uh, acceptance of things as they are with radical gratitude, right? Like acceptance of things as they are with radical gratitude. like exactly what's happening right now, I have a a joy in me that goes beyond that, and that's why I'm happy is because, I see a greater reality. I see myself as yeah. um, as someone carrying that gr- that that greater reality. Someone that's supposed to live from that. So I, I think my two cents is whenever someone says that, I am happy as is. Uh, why do I need Jesus? Well, you you need Jesus because he is by definition the the only thing that will bring lasting happiness. Happiness that even transcends life itself, right? So um, the definition of happiness, I think, is important. Yeah.
2: He is, it's, yeah. I think it, it is funny. That we're looking at like, why do I need happiness as is? It's like, well, because Jesus, like, why do I need Jesus? It's because Jesus is happiness. Yeah, and so right. they're like, and so it's almost, you're just sad because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the, the person doesn't even know, like, you don't even know that, like, you don't even know who jesus is and so like why do you need jesus because you don't even know what you don't even know what happiness is yet like you haven't like you haven't tasted and seen the goodness of the lord so mm, your mm. worldview is a darkened worldview and that doesn't mean you're a bad person it just means the light hasn't gone off yet like yeah i could i yeah, could be yeah. in a dark room and be like this 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 room looks mm. good as is mm.
1: but then when you turn on the lights, you're whoa yeah like, this looks so much better that right? keeps us from being frustrated yeah. by that person too because maybe they are happy as is. They don't know that happiness oh, yeah, goes yeah. beyond being pleased, right? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes in in mission, we can come from a place of frustration instead of from a place of like brokenheartedness. Like, I want you to know this like badly because if you would know, like- when when Dr. Cowell in that bar like mentions that, if that comes from purely a place of anger and frustration, it's yeah. suggesting you should know better, but maybe they don't know better. Yeah. Like the evangelist is the bringer of good news. We're supposed That's to good. help them know better. Yeah. Right? To turn um, the
2: lights on. That's what the evangelist yeah, does. Yeah. He turns the lights <laughs> on. Yeah, what was, I think it was Benedict Sixteenth talked about how a, an encounter with Jesus sets life on a new horizon in a decisive direction. And I remember as some guy was, uh, I was talking to was describing his conversion and he said, The day after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was driving down the road. And he's like, I was was literally on the same highway I had been on every single day driving to work. And he's like, I started to see trees I didn't even know were there. He's like, everything on this drive looked different mm. right because mm. j- to what, what's the phrase you always say it's de- your yeah. life is definitively different having yeah. known jesus and not, not knowing, knowing him, him. Yep. and so like once you know him yep. happiness as is was happiness as is yeah but once you know him happiness has been redefined mm-hmm. and everything yeah. looks different so yeah. yeah you are happy as is do you want
1: 2.0 happiness yeah try jesus yeah. yep <laughs> Yeah. No, I I do too. I do too. I was actually, it's funny the the tree thing had me think of something earlier, like, uh, Nina and I bought a house maybe like a year and a half ago now. And I was just walking around cleaning it the other day. And there's certain corners of the house. I'm like, I didn't even know these were here. (laughs) Right. Like, like there are just things around us, like and let those little moments in your life show you how there's so much more out there than you even know. Yeah. Like if, if I don't know the corners of my house, I don't know, I don't know the gravitas of God. Like I I don't know how good that is, mm-hmm. right? And I want to keep leaning into that. And uh,
0: have you guys ever been inspired by uh by a TV villain? <laughs> I'm sure you have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to respond. I, uh, I actually don't know what uh just happened. That last surprised me. Well, uh Jack,
0: was it Batman Forever? I was I think it was in middle school when Two Face, the, the the villain in the Batman mm-hmm. movie Two Face. Yeah. He had a really good coin flip. So for most of my middle school oh career, oh, here it comes. I worked on yep. I worked on the coin flip. Yep. Ah, that was I'm, I'm not gonna get bad
1: it. though. A little short. Oh, Aaron. Uh, off the rim. So
0: we, should give, him, all right,
1: we Aaron, should give
2: him. The goal of mission makes sense. I mean, what
1: um, <laughs> all right. we, we gotta
0: we got a whole we season. We're gonna let, so let that goes. go. All right. <laughs> um okay, here we go. Dan's gonna Dan's gonna hate this. I've only ever once Quoted an ancient philosopher. Oh man! Okay,
2: you're you're disgraced to Catholicism. <laughs> we
0: did a we did a retreat. A
2: couple- <laughs> Wait,
0: I repented from that. That was kind of mean. <laughs> <And> <laughs> first episode, we called someone a disgrace.
1: Wow.
0: There we go. Wow. Yeah. Uh no. A couple of years ago, we we used to run a retreat for for high school students, and uh, we we led with a question similar to this: What what will make you happy? And it, mm. it was kind of based on that definition, Brad. That we actually looked to to how. Aristotle describes goodness and happiness. And there's this terminology, uh, philosophical terminology called an essence, mm-hmm. which you talk about like the, the actual core crystallized nature of a, of a thing, mm-hmm. right? And that, and that when you, when you fulfill, when a thing aligns itself, fulfills its essence, it can be described effectively as good. And uh, when that thing fulfills its essence, that, that, that is the, the, philosophical definition of happiness. Mm-hmm. So, I used to show uh I used to show you you guys probably remember this. I used to show a video on the retreat of a guy driving just an insane motorcycle, right? Uh I, I hope you never have the opportunity a Ducati, to do right? this at if home. If I recall, I forget what he was driving, I but think it was he a uh, he's going on the highway. He's he's doing like 160 miles an hour Loving like his life. To the point where he's weaving in and out of traffic, and and these cars that are traveling at highway speeds are just like flying by him as if they're standing still.
2: Jack, can we have a disclaimer at the
0: bottom of the screen that says, "Please do don't, ever do that. It's, don't ever do that. Don't
2: ever drive. This does not endorse this kind of behavior. It's The
0: worst idea ever." And uh, and he's he's recording this video thinking he's all awesome and high and mighty, and then all of a sudden, this other motorcycle just flies by him, probably doing like <laughs> two fifty. And my my definition of the guys was like that is a happy motorcycle, right? (laughs) right, right. It's it's fulfilling its purpose and its essence. And, and I think a lot of times when you ask this question, um, I'm I'm okay where I'm at. Uh, why do I need more? Right. Mm -hmm. Why do I need Jesus? And I would suggest that Jesus will give you more, um, is because you, you don't know what you're missing. Yep. I think that's, that's where I would stand. You don't know what you're missing. If you, if you think you're good enough where you're at and, uh, and you know, St. John Paul II, he has a quote that I love, and I, I quote it frequently. You've heard it on the show before if you've mm-hmm. tuned in in the past, but man can only come to know himself through a sincere gift of himself. And until we've lived the lifestyle of Jesus, of truly giving ourselves away, um, we won't be fulfilled philosophically. And I, I've seen that in my own experience. I've seen that in, in you guys' life. I've seen that in the, in the life of the missionaries here at Damascus, mm-hmm. That that a life poured out is a life fully alive. Yep. And if you're not living a life poured out and truly, the only way to effectively do that is in relationship with Jesus, yeah. then then you're living a life unfulfilled. I love that. It's like you
2: can almost, if a person says like Why do I? I'm happy as is. Why do I need Jesus? You can just like, yes, your life is good, but Jesus has a totally different kind of life for you. Right? Yeah. The Christianity <laughs> isn't this life. That when we're baptized, like we're plunged in the waters of baptism. We die to ourselves, when we come out a new creation. Paul says, yeah. whoever is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The old has passed away. New things have come. And you're kind of talking about this new life in Jesus that like, yeah. okay, Christianity isn't living my life and feeling good about my life and finding happiness because I have Jesus as an accessory. No, Christianity is, I died and I rose Another Christ that Jesus is saying, Your life is good as is, but I can give you my life. Yeah, and right. I would right. rather be Jesus's hands, his feet, his mm-hmm. heart, his mouth, his pulse in this world than my own. Than a, a good enough
0: Dan. Yeah, yeah right, 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 like,
2: right. And that is so, like, it's a <clears> transformed <throat> lifestyle. Christianity is a transformed life. And if you want a different way of life, a supernatural life, a heavenly
1: existence starting today, try Jesus. Yeah, I agree. I I think um oh man, my my mind's going into a bunch of places. I think um like the the first thing off what you're saying Dan is like um we're not made for we're just not made for complacency. And I think what happens when someone states something like this question is that they're thinking to themselves, "No, I just want to appreciate things as is, okay? I just want to be appreciative." But there's a there's a difference between appreciation and complacency. And what ends up happening is we actually hide complacency be like behind or beside, like a false mm. appreciation. It's like, no, I'm just okay with how things are. It's like, but no, you're not though. You're mm-hmm. not okay with how things are because you weren't made to be okay. You with know what how the, the perfect
0: are. way to respond to that is? Tell me by asking how we can live it. Yeah, on mission. Every
1: day. N- yeah, right. Exactly. That, <laughs> well, it, yeah, that's a decent segue. But uh, I do think, the, like, the last thing I want to say there, though, is before because I do think I, I like I, I do think that's actually real. But I I do think that there's a um there's an a uh, an element of us where we as like a Christian people are living in a secularized society, uh, in the world we live in. And I've been kind of writing about this a little bit. Like it, um, it, it almost wants to keep us impactless. Mm -hmm. It's just like, just go through your life. Don't make too many ripples. Right. But inside of us, something wants to make ripples. Right. And if that's gone dormant, we need to resurrect that. And Jesus will do that. Like, that's what he does is he resurrects any of those areas of complacency. That's why we should examine. That's why we should, should, well, and not to be silly,
2: but like mission momentum is that right. It's the ripple. And so there's something that you talk about this. And sometimes when you're preaching, Brad, there's Mm -hmm. something when you throw that rock in the water and you see the ripple, Mm -hmm. this idea that my life matters is seen in that Mm -hmm. ripple that Mm -hmm. I can have an impact. And that's, that's the coolest thing about Jesus is he doesn't just say, Hey, I want, I want you to have a relationship with me because I'm going to fix all of your problems and be the crutch that you lean on, right? That's right. No, it's that we have a share in his suffering, but we also have a share in his glory that Jesus says, I love you so much. You get to accompany me on mission. Yep. I'm going to fill you with the, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that enabled Jesus to heal the sick and raise the dead is given to us so that we can live missionary lives. Yep. And And so if you're just seeking really Jesus because you're mm-hmm. seeking the next thing to provide you the the greatest high you're seeking the wrong like you're just seeking a, a hedonistic life yeah, right and right. like and life isn't mm-hmm. meant for just you it's meant to make that ripple yeah that's right and
1: I I think uh yeah well I couldn't do it better than I think you two have we're gonna move into uh that <laughs> that uh that segment but I I no I'm in agreement I I say that uh, kind of like lightheartedly but I think um mission momentum this section is kind of why this show exists right is we yeah. we do want people to to carry these thoughts into the world right because this uh, podcast doesn't exist, so we could think good thoughts, It's so that we can make an impact. Right. And so, um, I got, I, I have yeah, my, why don't we my, I have my mission challenge. So, okay, okay, so. so this is again how uh, for those new to the season, right? Uh, which, is is how, which is everybody, which is everybody. All of us. <laughs> I'm like looking at you, Jack. Like, hey, We're you're all new. new. Um, but uh, it's it's how we can build momentum on in, mission, on mission in our
2: lives. Yep. All right, I'm going to challenge everyone. You are going to find someone this week. If you've listened to this podcast, there is someone in your life that you know. That the Spirit has convicted you that they are not happy. So my challenge is actually talk to that person this week mm-hmm. uh, and address their unhappiness. That if the Spirit has convicted you that the lifestyle that this person is living is leading to unhappiness in their life, have a conversation with them and, and ask them in the depths of your heart, are you unhappy? And if you
1: are, try Jesus. I like that. I like that, Aaron. How about you? How can we build? I think a lot mental? of times
0: we 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 tend to ask this question: like, am I am I satisfied enough? Is my life good enough? Because a lot of times the church doesn't look much different from sec, the secular world. Mm-hmm. And um, my encouragement is that that doesn't have to be the case, right? Mm-hmm. That, as Dan was saying, like we we are called not just to share in Jesus's suffering, but in His glory. Mm-hmm. And we we've seen it here at Damascus. We've seen it through many different communities christian communities who who have embraced that call of realizing god you actually desire for me to be um a supernatural uh difference maker in the world mm, yeah. like i i'm a, i'm a force of, tra- of transformation that when i pray for someone who to be healed i can see their body transformed that yeah. when i when i am in uh, connection when i can hear the voice of my father that i can actually speak words with a wisdom that surpasses natural yeah. understanding and natural wisdom mm-hmm. natural strategy so I guess it's an encouragement that you you have a capacity to live a life that's greater than the life you're living now and mm-hmm. to pray for that reality to be manifest in your life. Uh, it, and if you don't have the words to pray for that yourself, mm-hmm. find someone to pray with you for that. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd be shocked at, at the capacity that God's given you to live a supernatural lifestyle.
1: I love that. Uh, how to build mission momentum in the week to come. I think I am going to answer that question with three words, engage the moment. So I think- um, what we can often do is have life pass us by instead of engaging it. And usually when we start engaging our life, we start seeing pockets that could be fixed. We start seeing people who could be talked to. We start seeing um, gaps that we can fill. And when we engage the moment, mission flows from that. And so um, what I would encourage you to do over the next week and into the rest of your life is to try to bring yourself present to the moment. Like when you're at the gas station, be at the gas station, not just on your way somewhere. When you're at the restaurant, be at the restaurant, not just on your way somewhere. When you're at work, be at work, not just on your way to somewhere. When you're with your family and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I think that's what I got. That's um, awesome, Brad. But uh, yeah, this is sweet. I love this. So um, again, this is uh, Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. We hope that you've encountered the Lord in a new way today through the content shared. and Hopefully this next week is a week where you spend time with the Lord on mission. We... uh are going to be back again next week and we're going to keep uh, trying our hand at this
0: you're listening to Beyond Damascus the show where encounter meets mission Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio you can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app we'll be right back with this episode after a short break. This is Father Dwight Longenecker. Catholic Radio helps to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world in the fullness of the Catholic faith. With sound teaching, Orthodox theology, reverent worship, EWTN is doing the very best work we can to spread the fullness of the faith in the Catholic Church throughout the whole world. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever.
2: Just a Guy in the Pew podcast features Catholic man to Catholic man talk in real honest conversations from the heart, discussing the struggles, challenges, and unimaginable joy of following Christ. You can hear Just a Guy in the Pew as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates around the world, all in one place. All free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTN.com slash radio and click Podcast Central today.
0: One of the reasons we should go to Mass is because, if you look in the Catechism, you will see the fruits of Holy Communion. And these are remarkable things that we can receive at every Mass that we attend. We encounter the Risen Lord, and He shares something of His divine life and love with us. The Holy
2: Sacrifice of the Mass, live from the EWTN Chapel, every morning, 8 Eastern, on EWTN Radio and Television.
0: Carry the faith wherever you go.
1: Catch up with the latest news from Washington, D.C., the Vatican, and the world on all of our EWTN news platforms, including EWTN
0: Pro-Life Weekly, the Catholic News Agency, and EWTN News
1: In-Depth. Download the EWTN app at EWTNapps.com today.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.
2: Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Beyond Damascus. I am Dan Dimatte, and this is my good friend Aaron Richards and hey, Brad Piron. Yes, sir. What's up, brothers? You guys ready for a fun show today? I think so. I'm ready for a Aaron, show. are you going to give us some excitement today or are you just going <laughs> to yeah, be super
1: chill ahead. and mellow? We'll be over I'm, there. I'm okay. never
0: chilled nor mellow. Oh, okay. yeah, for the
1: record, Dan and I have coffee in our box. And Aaron <laughs> has water I'm, I'm, in his. I've been asking people, <laughs> who's your favorite That's person on Beyond Damascus? And We're everyone says Aaron. I,
2: I, everyone says Aaron. I'm like, "This yeah. <laughs> is it I have issues. because they're freaked out by
0: you. <laughs> All right, so if
2: you are, <laughs> you're joining us you guys are too in this new season, we are switching things up. We are asking questions while our audience is asking questions. And then we each give our own two- two cents worth on what our answer to that question is and we just have some fun so jack we are ready today for the question of the day lay it on us my friend
1: uh the question of the day is as a catholic should i be charismatic yeah.
2: uh, i'm just gonna throw my sentence from the get-go okay, okay so here we go i would say my answer is as a catholic you already are charismatic mm. like uh, the by right of your <laughs> baptism you received the gift of the holy spirit and so to be charismatic simply means that you have an openness That's to good. the gifts of the holy That's spirit good. so if you desire the holy spirit mm. in your life uh then then yes you are charismatic you mm-hmm. and I mean, I think Jesus, he talks about like the only unforgivable sin is blasphemy in the Holy Spirit. Like to reject the Holy Spirit is to reject he who is the Lord, the giver of life, the sanctifier. So baptism gives us the sanctifying grace to be open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think this is beautiful because uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not like, they are so diverse and so rich. And so anyone who wants to participate in the life of, of Christ has to be open to the gifts. Why? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't mm-hmm. just give missional gifts, right? He also gives sanctifying gifts, and so the sanctifying mm-hmm. gifts of the Holy Spirit are charismatic gifts that allow me to be become holier. You you think about the mm-hmm. saints and the mystics, like John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, Catherine of Siena. Like they were insanely charismatic. Like they were so filled with the Holy Spirit, and and they 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 would say that the 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 the, the journey to holiness. Is all gift, right? The contemplation is a gift. That's a sanctifying gift. Contemplation, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. The, the the mystics talk about the purgative phase of holiness, uh, the illuminative phase of holiness, the unitive phase of holiness, these these phases or these stages where I grow in the spiritual life. Well, I if I go from the purgative, the repentance phase to the illuminative phase, well, who is it that's calling me to purgate, to, to repent? It's the Holy Spirit who convicts the heart of sin and righteousness. And then who is the one who's illuminating? Well, the illumination is the Holy Spirit. So I Mm -hmm, can't move mm -hmm. from purgation to illumination or to the unit of faith, spiritual marriage without the Holy Spirit. So as a Catholic, should you be charismatic? As a Catholic, you are charismatic. And the charismatic dimension of our faith is so beautiful, right? Mm -hmm, That um, mm -hmm. Jesus intended the church to have both a hierarchical dimension and a charismatic dimension. The hierarchical, hierarchical dimension is this sustaining sacramental dimension mm-hmm. of the faith, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the apostolic succession, the, the truth of the faith, the, the teaching office of the church. The charismatic is the, the new life, the waves of grace, and these new mm-hmm. movements in the church. So, you know, I think, I think of like, um, like the Franciscans, the Dominicans, like the, 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 the Jesuits, these were charismatic movements of God mm-hmm. in the very life of the church. And so if we like Francis and we think Franciscans should exist, well, that was a charismatic move. And so uh, Francis was charismatic simply because he allowed the charism that God was asking him to bring to the church to come to the church. And it, mm-hmm. that's not a rejection of the hierarchical dimension. It's a, a complementariness, yeah right? So as a Catholic, yes, you are charismatic. Deal with
1: it, right? Yeah. Oh, that's really those are good. my two
2: cents. Now oh.
1: someone's crying in the background. We're gonna have comments. <laughs> um, I think the analogy that was coming to my mind when you were saying that is like um, a sailboat. Like the hierarchical dimension is like is is like the boat itself, yeah, right. And the Holy Spirit is this wind that goes into the sails. Now, nice. now the boat works with the with the wind, right? Like you you can change the direction of the of the sails to where they will catch the wind, right? There's a structure to the boat. There's a structure to the mast, right? And, the, and this wind that comes in can be unpredictable, but in like beautiful ways, that when in combination with the order that the ship has moves things forward, you know? And that, that analogy, I think, uh, probably fall short's like, falls short like all do. But um, the other thing that was on my mind is um, divinization. So I, I think it, it's funny, cause like the, we know that the, <laughs> the Christian life was made that we would partake in the life of God, right? Like that God desires us for himself. And if God desires us for himself, we can't even say that Jesus Christ is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit is an operator in our life unto the end of divinization. Yeah. So to deny the Holy Spirit denies our ability to become who we were made to be. And I think that's the key to what I was trying to, like
2: It it often when we say, should I be charismatic? We're thinking about all these external things mm-hmm. and like at the heart of the charisms is the person of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so if you don't, like w- the more we know Holy Spirit, the more we simply are charismatic because relationship with Holy Spirit is a charismatic move. Do
1: you think we've done like the charismatic dimension of the faith a disservice by calling it a spirituality? Yeah, I mean, actually, I think, was it
2: Paul VI who instituted the the, the charismatic- a, yeah, the Karis Institute. Yeah, yeah, the Karis Institute. And he, he's like- USCC he, or he, the- uh, Vatican, yeah, that the Vatican Institute you know, <laughs> yeah, that for thing, the charismatic Yeah, charismatic acronym, yeah. And the, the idea was that at some point, like he he said, at some point, this committee in the Vatican should cease to exist because you're simply here to help remind the church that she, by her very nature, is charismatic. And hmm. so we don't have a charismatic spirituality, a yeah. charismatic club, a charismatic group. Uh, and that's like saying, like, like as a Catholic, should I be sacramental? Yes. Like yeah. the, the church by mm-hmm. her very nature is sacramental. Mm-hmm. And the church by her mm-hmm. very nature is charismatic. That's good. You, yeah. you can't divorce the two. To have one without the other is silly. We have mm-hmm. made it a spirituality. Yeah. That's that's that is an
1: incorrect theology. It's done us a disservice. Yeah. yeah. And I think some of that's because we're like, uh, we're partaking in the very thing we challenge sometimes, right? Because a lot of that like spirituality type of conversation actually came from the Reformation, not from Catholicism. Like we we mm. had that stuff in the church and they were like, but we want this element to be primary. And the church, it, the Catholic church is like, well, we want all of it. It's all yeah. here. Like come partake in this, be a part of it, right? So yeah, I think the spirituality thing. And
2: we're starting to do that with, Tradition as well, right? Now all sure. of a sudden the traditionalism sure. or whatever is becoming a spirituality in the church. It's yeah. like, no, by her very nature, as a Catholic,
0: you are traditional. We are ancient. <laughs> yeah. Ever yeah. Ancient like, ever and knew. so we're yeah. like
2: pray, pray That's traditional prayers, pray charismatic. It, ac- prayers. it actually
0: weakens your foundation to claim mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. To, to, mm-hmm. to claim that you're a spirituality. Yeah, Just a yeah, 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 of expression. It yeah. yeah, right.
1: It's a, yeah, it's expression.
0: Yep. yep. Uh, Dan, I'm honored by your willingness to jump in first. It allowed me to do a little research while mm. you were answering as well. Oh wow! Jokes but on you, Dan. So for getting acronyms over those. are hard for me. It's the ICCRS, the International Catholic Charismatic Renewal Services. Oh, that, thank you, ooh, thank you for finding that, that
1: quickly. quickly. The, the no, that, was, that, that was the, that was now the, now the, now that was oh the, the, oh that was man. hidden up here. And uh, Aaron, you
0: and your sense, Aaron, it's going to take my eye I'm going to jump on it though. Okay, so John Paul II, he he famously identified it that in the charismatic renewal. Okay. So it's not just, it's not just the uh, charismatic nature of the church that's lasted through generations, but in the charismatic renewal, the church has rediscovered that charismatic expression as, uh, as a coessential part of her, of her nature. Mm. So it, you, we, we cannot say that one is better or higher than the other, the charismatic and the hierarchical are, co-essential expressions yeah. mm. of Catholicism, mm. right? And uh, I, I, I love where you, where you were going with this. We are we are already charismatic, and I think that the reality is when people have issue with being charismatic, they usually have issue not with the fact that the Holy Spirit guides the church, yeah. right? Or else that would be very problematic. You're no, no. longer a Christian. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, it, it's it's an issue with with charismatic expression mm. and charismatic phrase. yeah, mm-hmm. and I like to go to two, uh, two yeah, and places. That's, that's like those; those people are crazy Maddox, right? The People who are just I'm, I'm a little scared of that too. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, to be honest. But uh, Revelation four is one of my favorite places for this. You see this image of heaven, and it, it's not all contained here, but it's a, it's a good little insight, right? After I looked up, behold, in heaven an open door, and the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet. Okay. So we don't speak quietly in heaven. No. Um, reverence in heaven sounds like people who sound like trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. I was filled with the spirit and mm-hmm. behold, a throne stood in heaven, one seated on the throne and who sat there. He appeared like Jasper. Around the throne were 24 thrones. Seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white. From the throne issues forth flashes of lightning, voices and peals of thunder. And before the throne burn seven torches. It goes on. There's Four living creatures surrounding the throne. Forever these living creatures are singing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And in response to the song of these living creatures perpetually in heaven, the twenty or the the elders, the twenty-four elders, they cast down their thrones, they make a physical response, mm-hmm. physical act of worship, and they respond singing. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. So mm-hmm. if you're not a fan of loud noises and singing. Oh boy. Trumpets, harps, peals of thunder uh, and perpetual noise, you're not going to like heaven very much. <laughs> That's <Right? laughs> good. Stink. Um, so, so heaven, our heavenly expression is a, is, a, is a loud place. Why? Because this physical expression of our inward, this outward expression of our inward disposition um, it aligns. It aligns so uh, so accurately with how we're created to worship. You mm-hmm. see this in the Psalms. The Psalms are mm-hmm. are our our uh, original songbook of prayer, right? And so many of them are written in a way where it's like, okay, that that type of outward expressive prayer um, makes me blush a little bit when I think about it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was able to research. there. Even the Catechism uh, identifies this as well. Uh, Dan, while you were speaking. Uh, Paragraph 2702, it talks about various different types of worship. And um, you can, I've talked about this a time or two. It's not the first time I've read this down. Uh, the need to involve the senses in interior prayer corresponds to a requirement of our human nature. Mm-hmm. So it's our human nature that actually requires both an interior component mm-hmm. and an expressive component. Mm-hmm. We are body and spirit, mm-hmm. and we experience the need to translate our feelings externally. We must pray, Catechism of the Catholic Church says, with our whole being to give all power possible to our supplication.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the idea of, um, of proper prayer being reserved and reverent prayer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's, it's just not in alignment with, with Catholic theology.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. I, I think what's standing out to me is like, I never want to build a theology around my comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like, I like in that goes to both sides, both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Like if it, if it's, if, if I'm like sitting in, in Eucharistic adoration and it's silent in there and I'm uncomfortable, good, lean into that. What's God have for that with you? Yeah. yeah? And like on the other side, if, if you're in a place where like you're, you're like uh, in a place where songs are being sang loudly and, and people are entering in in a different way and you're uncomfortable, let, let's not demonize the person that's the exact opposite as us because that's a reflection of a different aspect of humanity, which by definition is a reflection of a different aspect of mm. God. And I think that's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I see that all the time. We just create a theology around our temperaments. Like, yeah. this is, this is just how I am. Right. And that, so that's how theology is going to be. And it's like, I don't know if we want to do that's that. That's problematic. Yeah, well, it, it, certainly.
2: And I I don't know, I i am sure there are people like this, but I don't know anyone who has quote charismatic spirituality, like that has expressive worship in their life and expressive prayer in their life that doesn't also have silent prayer in their life. Mm-hmm. But I do know people who have silent prayer in their life that have very little expressive prayer in their life. And so it, it you, you do wonder, well, uh, if, if I was only expressive and I only did mm. external worship, and then you would say, that's a problem because you also need silence. But no one ever says, well, it's a problem that you only have silence yeah. and you also don't have expression. And so I think there's, the, the Lord wants us to have both and, and I think you're, you're ex, explaining how that's rooted in scripture and theology, that that is that God's desires for the both and, that he doesn't want us just to be expressive and just to have external praise but he, but he also wants the, the silent contemplation. And the beautiful thing is, the mass is the both and. The yes, mass, right. The mass is extremely yeah. expressive. It has. It's meant to have uh, so, uh, songs. It's meant to have times of silence. Mm-hmm. It's meant to have times where I'm standing and I'm kneeling and like beating on it, your breast because yeah, it's my fault. Like the,
1: you're embodying what you're saying.
2: The divinization, the mingling of the bread and, and yes, the wine. Yes. Right? That there's there's all of this that is uh, that. The both and is, yeah. the, and it's a gift because I'm body and soul. So like God wants me
0: to have both because that's how he built me. Yeah. <laughs> it, I think when, when style comes into the conversation, because it does at some point. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like it's okay for you to have particular musical preference.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I, I've, you know, I've, I've participated and been a part of um, traditional liturg- liturgical expression within Catholicism that truly does embrace A charismatic element, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Where where you can engage in in the traditional, you know, whether it's whether it's the traditional Latin mass or whether it's uh, a a more traditional expression of the Novus Ordo, Mm -hmm. that that can be done in a way where your whole where your whole being comes alive. Yeah, it's just not what we what we often see. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, and they like it's what we should see, right? Like it's 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 actually supposed to be the, the the fullness of both of them. I'm just like thinking to myself of. Certain like pictures I've seen before of like priests, like w- during the consecration, like someone will catch a picture of them just weeping and it just takes them a minute to lower that they weren't on their normal cadence. You know, yeah. something about that off scriptness is beautiful. Like, it, yeah, it's beautiful that we say the same words Jesus said, and that's what happens at the consecration, yep. right? That we, we articulate verbatim what Jesus said. There's a power yeah. in that. There's also a power in him holding up the Eucharist for a few more minutes because he's weeping of how beautiful this thing he's beholding is like that, that, that matters. That's human. Like that's like, that's a, that's a, what is a, a Jimmy Valvano? Who's like, yeah. hey, if you do these three things every day, if you think, laugh and cry or something like that, there's something about our, our humanity that's interior and exterior. I'm, I'm not like saying necessarily you have to do that every day. Right. But there's, there is something to that. No,
2: it's, a, it's a great example though, Brad, of how the, the, uh, if you will, the charismatic dimension and the hierarchical dimension of the faith are displayed at the liturgy at uh, 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 simultaneously. Like that yes. when the word of God is proclaimed, the gospel is proclaimed from the pulpit. The, yeah. That That is truth. That is the, the logos word of God. Mm-hmm. The truth of God is mm-hmm. is being proclaimed from the pulpit. And yet at the same time, the spirit of God is in me, allowing me to hear the word to convict my heart of something. Yes. So as I hear the the external truth of God that is unchanging and unfat, like unfathomable and uh, uh, like perfect, mm-hmm. then God starts to speak to me in an individual way to understand mm-hmm. what God wants that truth, uh, how that God wants that truth to impact my life yeah. right now. Yes, right. And that is hierarchical, unchanging truth and a charismatic move of the Holy Spirit in me at the yeah. same time.
1: Yeah, uh, that's, that's so good. I'm thinking like the, um, I, so I'm not speaking theologically here. I'm speaking just kind of like simply from a personal standpoint. You're just but, talking like bradyology. Well, I just don't want people to like hold me to a technicality here because I think the point that I'm trying to make is, is deeper than just what my words might be able to make out of it. But I, I've always appreciated the revelation of the Godhead in the Trinity, these three persons, because they just show me something different about who God Almighty is that like the holy spirit and the way that we talk about holy spirit and who he is the giver of life uh proceeding from the father and the son like all these things just give me a different way of experiencing god almighty jesus christ the incarnation of god like it just gives me a different vantage point and mm-hmm. and the father like oh wow like fatherhood perfectly it just does it's it's just different the, there's a real mercy in at least for me in that god has revealed himself in three persons because i i see him Differently from different vantage points by looking at the three persons. Our faith should be like that. Mm-hmm. I want to look at things that I'm not naturally drawn to in the faith because it, it's showing me something different. Like even in the Godhead, like when I first had my conversion, Jesus made a lot of sense to me. But the Father and the Holy Spirit, I was still like, I don't know how to make this out. Mm-hmm. But but in leaning in there, I'm like, oh my goodness, like I'm so much more whole now that I'm seeing these different aspects of God yeah. Almighty. Same thing with our our spirituality. "Quote unquote," like I have a tendency to be a little more intellectual than your average person. Like I like reading, I like listening, I like all that stuff. Like to probably too much of a degree, but but I also like just emotive expression because humans express emotively, right? And and so sometimes I think we just get cautious of like, yeah, but someone could go too far that way. It's like, well, of course. Like, you get too far every way. Um, Anyway, I don't know if that helps, but like that, that, that idea of the three persons of the Trinity, if you put that into the faith and say like, here's three different ways of doing the same thing. When you look at that, like the Novus order and, and the traditional Latin mass, I think about it like that too. I see different things in both of them. Well, yeah. I think we should move you, towards you, excellence you, in you expression. You passed the test,
0: That wasn't too modalist. Yeah. Good <laughs> okay,
1: good. Right, go. yeah, I was wondering, I was like, if I end up in heresy, <laughs> that would stink on episode two. But uh, I have my two cents. Um, All right, go for and it. And I do think that my two cents will probably hang in that like more like personal place too. I think, I want to speak about this in the context of identity. Um. So like as a Catholic, should we be charismatic? Um. By being charismatic, you embody the entirety of the person you were made to be because the Holy Spirit brings the gifts to each individual in a unique way. We even talk about people having charisms, right? Like Mm -hmm. certain people operate in a gift more profoundly and it allows us to have reverence and awe for what God made in that person. And um, I I was at a conference one time and I I heard a line that I preach, I mean, probably monthly now, which is uh, each of us is a unique, specific and unrepeatable image of Jesus Christ to the father. That when the father looks at us, He looks at what he made and he says, it's very good. And he says that in a particular way, because when he looks at you, Dan, and you, Aaron, and me and anyone listening, he sees a unique aspect of Jesus. That's in no one else. It's in no one else. And the Holy spirit wants to bring that fully alive. And so should we be charismatic? Well, that, that question's as silly as should we be alive? Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I want, I want you vibrantly alive. Like everything that God has put in you to reveal that aspect of Jesus is meant to come alive. And it's not going to be replaced by someone else. Like God's not going to make another Dan. So if, if Dan doesn't lean into that, it's not, it's not like a, uh, a um, it's, it's not a zero-sum game in the sense that like, if Dan doesn't get it, someone else will. It's like, oh, he had a will for you. Like for you, in, in your circumstance, in your family, and all of that. And again, God can work all things for good later. But I, I want to bring it to that context of identity. As a Catholic, should I be charismatic? Ask yourself if as a Catholic, you want to be fully alive. And if you want to be fully alive, what you're saying is, I want to be the fullness of the image of Jesus that I'm called to be. Mm. And if your answer to that is yes, and your answer to that is amen, yeah, then you should be charismatic, I think.
0: That's beautiful. Love I, it.
2: I don't know why, as you say that, Brad, I'm thinking about uh, the image uh, that we see in scripture so often of, um, as the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. And just this idea that like, mm. it, it, it fascinates me that um, my breath ha- is... is the breath that I take and the work of my lungs produces a word. And, and um, Hmm. and the word that comes out of my lung with this breath is different than the word that comes out of your lungs and your breath or your, your lungs and your breath. Like they, our voice sounds unique and different and the breath of God alive in me in a charismatic way creates a unique image of God that the world is hungry for. Just as unique as your voice and my voice and Aaron's Mm -hmm. voice that, and it's, it's almost like okay, I want the breath of God to 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 animate me to the Lord, the giver of life, to allow divine life to be animated in me in such a way that I am giving the expression of God to the world that He desired to give to this world through me. And um, and it just, I just feel so loved when I think about that because it's like God loves me so much that He gave me the gift of the Holy Spirit that so that like it, it's just just like. like I'm this incredible creation that God was like, I'm going to
1: animate myself in the world through you. It's like, that's so like unfathomable. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and take that to like, it's, it's natural conclusion. Like he's manifesting himself through you in the way only he can. So like he's saying, there's an aspect of me that I'm going to share specifically with you and you're going to reveal it in a way that no one else does. That's a part of me I've given to you. Yeah. That I haven't given to other people. That's the unique. That's the power of that unique, like identity relationship with God. Where I'm like, oh, I'm a son that has a unique piece of that DNA that, that looks like my father, but in a way that my other siblings don't. And there's a beauty in that. Of that, yeah.
2: So as a charismatic, I mean, as a Catholic, should you be charismatic? You can say it the opposite. As uh, a charismatic, <laughs> should you be a Catholic? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We you should yes. be charismatic, and if. So we're going to move into the section of our show where we talk about mission momentum. How are mm-hmm. we taking what we're just talking about and allowing that mm-hmm. to, to create a mission momentum into our week? How do we take mission into this week going forward? I want to jump on first. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I want Brad to go first.
0: The, Brad, I always hate it in the course of discussion when you try to draw a distinction and somebody ends up saying like, oh, we're both the same thing. Um, and and I, I sort of went there a little bit in identifying that a a true expression and embrace of a traditional spirituality of a traditional expression of, of spiritual life would, would be truly charismatic if Mm -hmm. you're, if you're being honest with yourself. Right. Um, I think the way we get, I I think the way we get past that is not to say these are the same things, but to say that, uh, wherever you are right now, you're not all the way there. Yeah. Right. And, and when it comes to understanding the full expression of, of our spiritual life, um, you've got to allow the Lord to stretch you in prayer. And I think intentionally exposing yourself to places that will stretch you can be a really good habit to mm-hmm. to, to make. Um, so I, the challenge I would make, the, the, the missionary mission momentum challenge I would offer today is uh, this week, if you would say that you find yourself on the spectrum of like a more con, uh, contemporary expression of praise and of the charismatic dimension of the church, I would encourage you to try to find what the Lord has to share with you this week in maybe some of the more traditional expressions of spiritual life, Mm -hmm. whether that's silence and adoration or whether that using the magic of YouTube, you're able to engage in some of the beauty of of a traditional expression of liturgy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go there and see how the Lord speaks. If typically your persuasion is more toward a traditional expression, Mm -hmm. uh, suck it up and step into some of the more contemporary and, uh, and charismatic expressions of worship. And just allow the Lord, give the Lord permission, work in me in that way. Yeah, That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say um, something along those lines, but I think I, I, I'd like to offer this. So to build mission momentum into the week, I think what I wanna encourage people to consider is um, write, write out to the best of your ability, the different things that you would describe you with. So write out who you are as a person. So like take a journal, if you're taking your prayer time and just write down the things that you see in yourself the strengths and things like that then write what the opposite of those would be but in a positive way so like like if if i'm really a strong communicator like the opposite of that but also positive a really strong listener who who like and and i want i want the people listening to consider doing this because what you're going to begin seeing is when i speak about someone that's different than me in a honoring what in an honoring way i'm all of a sudden able to interact in the world in an honoring way with people that are different than me, which I think will set you up for more evangelistic zeal. Because I think sometimes, again, uh, I, I'm, I'm always kind of beating this drum, but like when we go into the world and we look immediately to, I'm gonna fix everything. We, we won't make the first action step. But if I see in someone potential and I'm calling that forward and that leads them to the good news of the gospel, it's just more effective mission. So I, I would just encourage you to write down the strength, like how you see yourself, on the other side, write what the opposite of those would be, but in a positive sense. So not like a great communicator, it'd be like a poor communicator. It's like, what's, what's the counterbalance to this and how does that make the world? Man, that's cool. a tough challenge. Right? So like, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think I, but I, I do think it'll give you, it'll give you yeah, something because I I, um, the, the person who is self-aware is a person that's going to be um, better apt for mission.
2: Uh, I think for Mission Momentum, friends, it, it just try to see the Holy Spirit in everything. Uh, as much as you can, Look, like, ask, where is Holy Spirit present there? Where is Holy Spirit present in that conversation I just had? Where is Holy Spirit present in that glance I just had? Where is Holy Spirit present in that prayer time I just had? And mm-hmm. the greater, greater awareness of the Holy Spirit in your daily life um, will allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be magnified in your life. And as I said, the Holy Spirit has sanctifying gifts that those gifts that help you grow in holiness, to overcome sin and to grow in intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has missional gifts to allow you to um, heal the sick and to uh, bring people into union with Jesus. And so the, the Holy Spirit wants, as you become aware of his presence, you're able to then allow his gifts to be magnified more fully. And actually, it's like one of those things like, as you become aware of his presence, you start asking for his presence a lot more. Like yeah. you're becoming aware of yeah. it. Like, oh wait, I just, I want his presence in this conversation. I want his presence in this moment. I want his presence in uh, as I get in the car and I drive to work. I just want his presence in my life. And I think that'll really restore us. And, yeah. and uh, awaken us.
0: Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.